Hey everybody, this is David. Thanks for checking out my show. Today I have a couple people that are going to be guests. It's a teacher and students at Montwood High School in El Paso. They have a really huge and successful robotics program and team. And I found out about them late last year because they were winning some competitions and they were moving up the ranks and were going to compete nationally. Then COVID stopped all of that. So I've got them on the show. It's a teacher and three students from that program and uh, super interesting. I never built any robot. I haven't built a robot yet, but um, it's so cool that these high school students are, are doing that. And it's interesting to see where they'll, where they'll end up. But anyways, hope you enjoy. Would you like to live The David Bramante Show. Cool. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Hey, how are you doing? Good. Um, you doing? So we got a few people on this uh, on the show today, which I've I've never I've always I do one on one. So this is pretty cool. So this is kind of experimental, but I think that's fitting because it's robotics, and so we'll try to make this work. Um, so I have uh, Luis Ramirez. And you are the robotics teacher at Montwood High School in El Paso, right? That is correct, as you can hear the, the amazing announcements being made right now. I know. So you, you're, in, you're in class right now. I am at school right now. Yeah, that's so cool. All right. And then we have a few other people from the team or teams. Could you introduce them that we have them? So we have Reyes Mata with us today. He's the president of the robotics club here at Montwood High School. We also have Saeed Ajo, and he is the vice president of the robotics club. And then we have Valentina Valles with us. She's the team leader on one of the teams here at Montwood High School. Okay, cool. Thanks for the intros. And then um, it's been a couple months, but I saw there was some contest or something, and I don't know... Uh, anything about robotics sometimes I see like a crazy video on social media of like toasters with swords stabbing each other <laughs> or I see like weird cra crazy things on like maybe TikTok because I recently joined just to like try to dig into this world a little more because I feel on the like I'm on the outside looking into robotics and uh, it kind of bums me out because I didn't get exposed to this stuff so maybe um, maybe we could have Reyes kind of explain the different teams you guys were mentioning and people's specialties. Where are you guys right now? You guys looks like you guys are not at school. So if you guys could raise, maybe introduce everybody, and you guys kind of introduce yourselves, that would be cool. Yeah, sounds great. So those um most people do think of robotics like the battle bots, and then robots fighting each other. But what we do is pretty different. Um, so the competition we mainly focus in is called FTC, which is a part of the first organization. Okay. So FTC stands for First Tech Challenge. And in this competition, we, um, well, of course, there's a robot aspect where we design and build a robot and program it to do a set game that changes every year. Um, and then there's the like documentation, making an engineering notebook to really just establish like everything that we went through in order to make the robot and make it function because just a part of engineering, it's not gonna be right the first time. We have to go through trial and error, a lot of research in order to get the robots that we have today. And then there's another aspect, which is pretty cool because first realizes like we can't just start a robotics competition and expect it to flourish. So a major part of the competition is actually outreach, like going to the community, showing them what we've done and what we're doing. And that um, that's one of like the major aspects of the competition. And then as you were saying about the different like departments and specialties that we go through, there's there's different categories. So Within my team, I have separate like department heads. So there's me who's the team captain. And then I have a building head who mainly organizes the design and the actual engineering of the robot. Then the programming head who designs with the, um, the coding and the research for the program, which is site. And then there are other departments like outreach, notebook and art. And then Valentina is also a programmer but she's also the team leader of our separate team. So because Montwood Robotics is such a big team and it's very large, we can't have everyone working on one team because it would, we just can't have 50 people working on a single robot. So we have two teams right now. We used to have three, but 
Um, unfortunately, due to COVID, we had to limit our numbers. So right now it's 5470, which is the team I run, and 5911, which is the team Valentina runs. And what's with the number, the 5917 or 5911, just so I understand that? So that's just like um, like our identification within the competition. So okay. there's in a the, bunch of different first, teams. In the first competition, that's your, you guys have like a set number. Does that number change every year as you enter or? No, oh, that, that identifies you guys permanently. Yes. Oh, interesting. Okay. I know nothing about this stuff. So I'm going to ask super basic question. So bear with me. So how many people right now are on the like whole team at the school? And then how many people between the two sub teams or, the, you know, you have the we school have about, whole team and then the two separate teams. We have about 34 students overall at Montwood High School on the robotics team. Uh, and then they're split right down the middle. We have 17. Uh, it's about 17 and 17 on each team. Okay. And then of those people, everybody has an active job. That's, That's the idea. Yeah. We separate, like I said, we like Saeed said it very, I'm sorry, Ray said it very well. We separate yeah. into different departments. Uh -huh. And how um, often is everybody meeting? How, how often are the students on the team meeting? Uh, every other day. They're meeting right now. Okay. Uh, and how, how many hours do you guys work on it on these? Uh, is it two robots or one that you're working on? Two different robots. Okay. In two different uh -huh. locations currently. Okay. And are the teams allowed to communicate with one another or is that like a violation of the competition or the No, we, we encourage it. We encourage oh. it. Although we're competing against each other, uh, oh. we want to help each other. And, you know, not just the teams within Montwater helping each other, but we try to help out our neighbor schools as well. We want them to be successful also. And so we help them as much as we can. You know, we're not giving them our code and our design plans or anything, but we can have, you know, workshops or explain, you know, how certain parts of the code will work or give them tips. Uh, Raise is really good with the mechanics and he can tell another team, hey, you might want to use these different wheels or this different kind of uh, channel for this piece. And so we can do things like that. Okay. All right. And then, so for last year's um, challenge, one of the two teams won uh, locally. Um, well, we, we actually both advanced both team or we used to have three. So two of us, two of our three teams advanced. Okay. Um, one of them won the robot game, which is like the actual competition. Okay. And one of them won the inspire, which is like, outreach notebook and the competition sort of combined okay all right so and then so that was round that was locally in el paso that they both of the teams won absolutely and then from there and then there was a next round uh, yes. mm -hmm. okay and then how did the teams go how did they do how did they fare in that next round we we did pretty well um both the teams that advanced got first and second inspire and okay. like I said, Inspire is like the main award. So it's Inspire. Yeah. And then it's the robot game. So because we got first and second Inspire, that means both of our teams advanced to Worlds, which is, it's pretty crazy that the first El Paso team to advance to Worlds was actually two El Paso teams. Yeah, that's cool. And then how did you guys do in Worlds? Uh, unfortunately, it got canceled due to COVID. Oh, so nobody knows. This is like... It's yet to be seen what happens with this. So oh, currently, crazy. You know, we were preparing during spring break for our world competition when oh. we got the call that said, you know what, uh, all first events have been canceled. And I was actually going through my old messages uh, okay. to find the date uh, that I sent the message to everyone telling them that everything had been canceled. And it was going to come later. I was going to send Ray's message to the whole team but he had some really positive words and said, hey, you know, we're all bummed out that this happened. We worked so hard to get here, but I know that we're going to continue to work just as hard and get there again next year, this year now. And we're, we're there and we're, we're looking stronger uh, than we did last year. And things are lining up for us to, to advance to the world's both teams once again. So there was no world's competition or challenge last year at all. You know, the That's entire season crazy. shut yeah. down. Okay, so just so just to backpedal for a second, 
So when you guys win locally, is there some cash prize or something that you guys get as students or as a school or anything like that? You guys get a trophy? Trophy. Okay. We get a trophy. What does the trophy look like? Does it look like a robot or something fun? Or <laughs> is it just like a standard like? I wish it did, but it's it's a pretty standard trophy. I okay. mean, it's a nice one. It's a nice one. And the one that you get over there when you go to Lubbock, you know, you get a huge banner similar to what you would see like at a you know, college or, or, oh, like or, a stadium banner, you see the year and the names or yeah. Exactly. Oh, very cool. Okay. Have you guys won before you won worlds before last year was our very first time. Dang. You guys got robbed. <laughs> COVID. Sorry guys. So now you have to, everybody has to re-enter. It wasn't like last year was paused and we'll pick it up this year. It's mm -hmm. like they're starting fresh. So when does the first local challenge start? Well, we've actually been having the league plays, which are like the small competitions leading to our local one. Okay. And we finished with those last weekend, actually. We're doing pretty good. We're doing better than last year, um, robot-wise, for the competition. And who so, determines who's doing well and who's not doing well? Who's actually, like, the ref on these things? So, we, um, it's stranger this year because we have to, like, record and do our matches live here because... Actually, I'm in my garage, so I could show you the robot. Yeah, that's cool. So, so there's like the fields. Basically, this year we have to shoot these rings, uh huh, this high ball, and hit these markers in order to get points. So we built this robot. I'm not sure if you can see it that well. You guys really built whatever this thing is. Yes. This is so crazy. All I know how to do is like very advanced Lego work. So <laughs> this thing can do what you're wanting it to do now? Yes. Um, it's actually doing pretty well. It's, it's nearly built. There's a couple things we need to perfect on it. But we record our matches live. Okay. And then we send that to our hub, which is UTEP. And UTEP documents our scores and sends it to the first website. And then first has them all categorized on how many points you have accumulated compared to the other teams. So right now, um, 5470 is first in El Paso and actually first in the Panhandles area. Okay. okay Gavin, give me a second, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, no problem. 5911 is, I believe, third in El Paso. Okay. Okay, interesting. And then so every so does every year the challenge change where you have to like this year you have to shoot these rings do they send you these rings do they send you the stuff you have to do for like that obstacle course or whatever this is we have to buy those <laughs> okay you buy it from them um a, a distributor so andy mark it's like a company that they sort of paired up with um first okay okay cool so you buy so everybody has those same orange rings and they have the same, um, op, you know, obstacle or those targets. Those are all this. Those are all standardized. Yes. And then it's uh, it's standardized on where the robot can be. It has you. You have to move it to a certain area for it to be able to count to hit the points. Yes. So um, if you can see this white line here. Yeah, I do. Uh huh. We have to shoot from behind this line in order for the points to actually count. So from that white line to the target, how many, it looks like it's like five or six feet? Um, There's a, I would say it's about maybe a little less than five feet. Oh, okay. And are you able to, do you have to start the robot at a certain place and move it to the white line and then it starts shooting the target? Yes, so actually Saeed would probably be better at explaining okay. the different segments. Okay. Um, well, yeah. Yeah, uh, so during the actual robot match, it uh, there's a total of two minutes and 30 seconds. And, and within that time, there's three different segments in which there's different things that the robot must accomplish. The first 30 seconds is what, uh, what is called the autonomous period. And so that's where the, uh, the programmers uh, program the robot to, to do the tasks uh, uh, autonomously without any human control. And so this takes... Um, different research and different um, uh, techniques of code to be able to move the robot uh, autonomously. So at the first 30 seconds, you have to make sure the robot moves to the right positions to shoot the, the rings. 
And then there's another element that I think is right behind the robot, which is what we call the wobble. And you have to drop those off in those white squares marked. Mm. And then af after the autonomous period is where we have the teleop period, which is a uh, human controlled where we uh, two people, which we call drivers get um, what are game console controllers, very similar to what a uh, PlayStation controllers look like. And so you control the, the robot movement and the different mechanisms to do the tasks in a minute 30. And the last 30 seconds is what we call end game. And it's still human controlled, except the tasks change. And most of these tasks are worth more points than in the, the regular teleop period. Okay. Wow. All right. Thanks for explaining all that. So this robot that we're looking at, is this a type of robot? Is there a name for like because, you know, we've seen like the battle bots on TV and in the news. Is there a category of robot that this is? I don't know, like an official category, but I guess the most accurate name would be an FTC robot. Just for the, yeah, for the challenge, the FTC robot. Okay. And, and then they give you a ton of options as far as what you use to build a robot. I mean, the list of approved materials grows every year. And so you can go through different companies to buy like the structural components of the robot, the wheels, and uh, everyone has to use the same electrical system. Uh, but the, the, the actual structure of the robot, I mean, we have tons of options. And so what you guys have built, are there restrictions on how big it can be? And there's Volunteer. parameters on, on that kind of thing. You want to answer that, Valid? Uh, well, every year they had like a weight limit to it too, but since it's online and the, most of them are remote, they don't really have a weight limit. But as far as size, it's an 18 by 18 by 18 robot. Mm -hmm. Okay. 18. And normally, what, what is the weight restriction normally? I think last year it was 40 pounds. It's like 40 to 50 pounds, I think. Pretty heavy, yeah. And, like and honestly, the robot, it's 18 by 18 by 18 at the start of the match. Once the match starts, it can expand to as big as it wants, as big as you can get the thing. It just can't be, you know, two different robots, or you can't have a drone. Wait, 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 wait. Why would the robot expand? Um, so there's like there's some pretty good reasons. One, especially this year, we have to grab these wobbles, these look like goal or not goals, but elements, and then put them over this this wall. You see that perimeter? Yes. You have to put it over. I can show you how it works if you okay, like. Okay, so what is that thing? It looks like a toilet plunger. This thing you have, a wobbly toilet plunger. What is that <laughs> thing called? Uh, it's called a wobble. So basically, if we get this over the wall, we get 20 points at the end of the game. Okay. And we actually get more points if you put rings on it, although wow. it doesn't make much sense to do that because shooting them is more points. Oh, right, because once it's out of this game, this field, you can't get them back. So there, oh, so there's some variation on how you can accomplish the points. Absolutely. So there's a little strategy there too. Absolutely. There's several ways to score. Oh. And so what we try to do is figure out what's going to get us max points. Mm -hmm. Got it. You guys are going for the maximum. You're not going for layups. Exactly. Everything you guys are doing, this robot's trying to hit home runs. Exactly. Very this cool. Is one of the faster robots that we've, uh, we've built here at Montwood. Uh, is there any way you can show us? The speed of it can you drive it raise or yeah the voltage is a little low but i can definitely drive it around this is so cool and typically when we compete we have it takes about two drivers uh to do everything really so we want to show off speed So you see those wheels on the robot? They're yeah. um, they're called uh, mechanism wheels, and it allows us to uh, drive and strafe left and right, forward and backwards. Wow. Okay. And we have a lot of uh, the students are are pretty well versed in in CAD program mm -hmm. programs, and so they a lot of the parts on that robot are three D printed. They designed them on CAD, and we three D printed them here in the lab, and so they're custom parts. The parts on in so there's parts that you can buy from vendors and then you're allowed to create custom parts as well yes oh and then there are the, there's restrictions on the custom parts you can make or no or if you can make it you can use it 
it's really more if you can make it, you can use it. <laughs> really? As long I as it stays that... within that 18 inch cube. Got it. And so I... did this one expand? Um, just the, the arm here. So let me drive it around. This arm is designed to grab the walls. Oh, right. So we just drive up to it, line ourselves up a little bit, and then grab it. Oh, nice. You also go over. What did you say, Said? Uh, to go over that expanding rule, it also makes sense on on, diff on the type of challenges. So in last year, where we had to stack a tower of, of bricks that looked like Legos, we needed a, an arm that needed to extend very high to make a very high tower. Oh, right. Almost. So like a self-expanding kind of arm. It had to kind of yeah. shrink into itself and then go expand out. The arms were able to expand up to six feet. It was crazy. This is so crazy. Okay, so it almost looks like, um, what's that old, like, tinker stuff from the 60s, Connect, or they were like these old metal, like, yeah, some of the pieces look like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Sorry about that. I mean, I can show you what some of the channels look like. We recently stocked up on some new stuff. And so they come in a bunch of different sizes. In the past, we've had to cut some of these up. Oh, got it. And this comes from where? This particular piece comes from a company called Go Builda. Okay. And so we've just recently uh, jumped from We've gone from Tetrix to Rev to now Go Builda. Oh, these are the different vendors that have sets for this. And, these, and they're, they're all they're specialized for these types of like either robot building or the competitions. Yes, absolutely. Oh, okay. So they sell kits, you know, for private use, for private, you know, whatever you want to do with them, and they sell just for this competition. Okay. Some are better than others. Okay, and then so what is the language that's operating this thing? Um, E-robot. For the programming language, uh, we program them in Java. Okay, and then so you does everybody on the team know how to program in Java? Um, no, and uh, what we tend to do is that the upperclassmen who do know how to program the robots want to teach the the. Uh, underclassmen, the, the younger students. Okay. And just so I know, how old is everybody on this? I'm 18. Okay. Uh, I'm 17. I'm, I'm 17, but they're both seniors and I'm a junior. Okay. All right, cool. And then when did you, so like, uh, so the lead programmer is Saeed? For uh, 5470 team, yes. 5470, okay. And so when did you start programming in Java? Um, specifically in Java, it was during my freshman year, actually. And it was um, the, the upperclassmen at the time. Uh, they, uh, they taught me a little bit freshman year, but not much. It wasn't until sophomore year when I started learning more. Oh, okay. And you started, and that's, you started to teach yourself at that point, but they gave you some of the basics. Is that what happened? Yes. And that all happened in school? That was all? School. Yes. And then, but you, it sounds like you were programming before that, before high school? A lot, of, uh, a lot yeah. of the programming that they've learned, they didn't learn it here at school. I can say that because there was no, there's no Java class here at our school. So a lot of it is self-taught. Wow. As a matter of fact, I, I wanted, I did want to make it a point to mention that everything that they do everything that the teams do, they completely do on their own. The students learned it from the upperclassmen. And in those upperclassmen, every year they just teach the underclassmen. And then those underclassmen start getting the hang of it. And then when they become upperclassmen, they teach it to the next group of underclassmen. And every year I have students that say, what are we gonna do once these seniors leave? 
and uh, I tell them we're gonna be just fine. Like you have, really? they've, they've taught you everything that you need to know. And you've seen there's been obvious improvements year after year because of this. Absolutely, it's worked for us very well. And is this how other schools or other high schools are operating? <laughs> Do you I don't. Know? I don't think that all of them are. Okay, so some of them actually have like classes on this stuff, and they're really going after this robotics, like teaching it's, it. It's not against not against the rules for uh, an adult or a mentor to come in and and work on the robot or oh really as long as it's documented in the notebook uh-huh that's not something that's done at our school is there a particular reason why you don't do that i i prefer this is they completely own the team yeah everything that they produce everything that they do is 100 theirs yeah that's so cool and my job is just to keep them working keep them together yeah keep them right and then um just a little back backstory on this program are you the one Luis, that started the robotics program at this high school yes it used oh. to be me and some other um teachers but uh it, it's very time consuming it, it, it takes a lot of time and so okay. some of them had to to let it go uh to do other for other things that they had to take care of and so i'm the one that's remained this entire time so how long has it been since it started? Uh, we started this in 2010, 2011. Oh, that's a good run. Yeah. This is our, I think it's our nine or 10 year anniversary. Really? So what inspired that original group of teachers to put this program together? Uh, we, we identified a lot of talent in our campus. There was a science club. There was a math club. We had just started teaching the engineering courses. And so we wanted to do something that put it all together. And so what better place or what better club to start up than a robotics team that incorporates all aspects of STEM. I can't think of any other STEM competition that really truly incorporates all aspects of STEM than robotics. Right, yeah, so that's cool. And then did you have some background in programming or robotics? Well, I have a degree in engineering. Okay, cool. Uh, For a while I was teaching mathematics and honestly, I was thinking of something I wanted to build something that I wish existed when I was in high school. So we did have one when I went to high school, but it, uh, it's nothing like what it is now. You had a robotics uh, team or class or some kind of class in, in your high school? Yes. And there was, but, uh, was, are, where, are you from El Paso? Yes, I'm actually teaching at the school that I graduated from. Wow. So it existed for one year at the school, my freshman year. Uh-huh. It's so crazy because when I, when I saw the news that you got, this was like late last year, but when I saw the news that you guys won, I was like, El Paso, like, why is it not some high school in the Bay area or, you know, so that was kind of, do you have like any feeling on that? Like why you guys seem to have this like really robust group of, you know, super smart kids that are doing this here versus like, why not other areas? I want to give some credit to the to our district because they're really putting a lot of emphasis on STEM education. They're getting, you know, a lot of programming and, and hands-on STEM type classes now at the elementary. So they're starting at the elementary, they get it at the middle school level. And so when they come to me as freshmen, they already have a background in in the design process or just thinking outside of the box. Got it. What I do is I take those students that are interested in that and uh, I give them one of the most challenging things that exists to do at the high school level, design and build a robot. I mean, what how, what harder thing is there to do? Because building a robot is hard. Absolutely. I haven't Absolutely. built one yet, so I don't know. It's it's not easy. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, you they, guys have big teams to put it together. They've struggled and they've suffered, you know, they have this crazy idea that they want to build and they build it and it doesn't work. Right. Uh-huh. But they, yeah. but they learn from that. Yeah, definitely. Interesting. Have you personally built any robots? Me personally? Yeah. Uh, maybe just little side projects here and there, but nothing like what they're building. No. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Well, so now back to this robot for a sec. So where are you guys? So it sounds like you already started competing locally. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, and then the next round will be regionally. I don't understand like the 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 actual like chain of events that get you to worlds. 
Could somebody so, explain that? The different yeah, rounds? I'll be happy to do that. So it's worlds is at the top, then it's the panhandle area, which is like all the small hubs that go to the, the region. And then it's the local one, which is UTEP. Now, I'm not sure if you're familiar with UTEP. It's a university here at El Paso. Okay. At UTEP, that's where all the high school teams around El Paso meet together to compete. But before UTEP, there's these league plays, which basically they're like small versions of the competition where it's just the robot. And these scores, um, they actually help us while we're at the UTEP competition. So if you did really well in the league plays, then you're already at a higher position when you go to UTEP. Oh, sure. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Yeah, interesting. And so then Texas is, massive. Texas is massive and it's broken up into four regions. Our region is, you know, the little west tip of uh, Texas. And then we have the entire panhandle, which is Lubbock. We also have Odessa and Midland. And so kind of like central to the panhandle, that's our region. Okay. There is there is the, the Houston area region. There's, you know, South Texas and Central Texas. Um, but there's a lot of strong competition within our region. I mean, Texas is massive. There's a, tiny, a ton of tiny little towns and they're all in this. They all compete. It's, it's so all cool. over the U.S., all over the world. Yeah, it's so cool. When you go to Worlds, then, is it really high schools from all over the world, or is it just the U.S.? No, we'll get some high schools from, from Mexico there. I've talked to other teams that have been to Worlds, and they're like, yeah, it's, it's, really, it's really interesting to see different um, high schools, especially from, like, different countries. I haven't heard of any other country, but I do know Mexico. <laughs> gotcha. So do you guys know if there's, a, like, a first tech challenge and uh, so there must be other challenges happening in different countries. They're just not, they haven't connected all of them or they're just running their own competitions. They, um, there are different times. Like I think Australia is either just starting or they finished or do you remember site? Uh, yeah, Australia finished at the beginning of this year, actually. They're, they're like local and they're national level competition. Are you guys allowed to compete in those? If you wanted to, are you able to enter we can mm -hmm. we can technically enter we got to pay their fees and obviously you know we got to pay for travel but if we really wanted to we can go and compete with the australian teams god that'd be so cool huh <laughs> that would be awesome yeah for sure so now you got let's say you guys uh so the next round is you're doing the leagues right now and then that's kind of getting everybody's rankings so you get you guys are getting in position now to actually go through, when does the challenge end this year? When will we know who the winner is? It's still pretty early in the year. Well, for UTEP, that's gonna be taking place in, I believe in three weeks. But oh, okay, so it's coming up. Yeah, but our, our world's competition, that won't be until the summer, I believe, June. Oh, okay, got July. it. Late July, early August. They're, they're pushing it just in case. Got it. Okay, cool. And then for you guys that are working on this, do you guys have other little side robot or programming projects that you're working on? I have different projects, like I'll work on my own. But um, here in robotics, if there's not much for like a builder to do, we'll start working on another robot or designing something that we've seen other teams do, trying to figure out like what exactly they did. Okay. I know the site has done some other projects on its own as well. Um, I, I tend projects? Uh, mostly programming where I, I try to learn like uh, more in Java or other programming languages just to get better. I've also done something with like uh, um, small electronics like in, uh, I'm sorry, in Arduino, which is a, a small microchip, which allows you to attach different electronics like LEDs, sensors, just to do different things. I'm just start. I just, I had heard about it. I just bought one because my, uh, on, I had on the show recently, somebody who wrote a book that's from, um, from basically the hardware up to the software, how computers really work, uh, Matthew Justice. So in it, he has a list. It's like three, $400 worth of supplies, you know, that you can start to become an engineer and programmer. So I just started playing around with that. Yeah. But I don't really even understand it yet. I don't know what to do with it. 
So what is it that you're using the Adreno for? Do we know? Um, well, I didn't, don't have many like uh, parts since most of them are very expensive. Right. So I, I, I've used LEDs and a, a small joystick just to create different uh, visual effects mostly. Okay. Nothing too complicated. Yeah. So it's just really, you're just challenging yourself to see what you can make these things do. Yes. And then what, what are you guys, when you're out of, do you guys know what colleges you want to go to? Um, I've, I've been accepted to UT Austin, the engineering school, but I'm hoping that Stanford gets back to me. So that's what I'm waiting for right now. Cool. I'm on the boat of waiting for Stanford to reply to me as well. Really? All right. Cool. Valentina, do you know where you want to go? No, I'm a junior, so I have to figure that out. <laughs> you have time. Learning. Yeah. So you guys, like, what kind of, um, do you guys watch sci-fi that inspires you? Are there movies or something? Like, any, like, robotic stuff that you guys really gets you excited about this stuff? Whether, whether it's real life or sci-fi? I, I grew up a really big Star Wars fan, so just seeing like all the ATT walkers and the Falcons and was really interesting. So I always wanted to get into technology. A lot of people got upset when the, what is it, BB, whatever, the round, the round one. Yeah. They're like, you can't do that. Right? <laughs> that's not, that's not doable. But then somebody, they built it so something can do that, right? On the, what, what is that one called, that robot? The BB-8? Yeah, BB-8, yeah. Because it's yeah, like a magnetic head on the round body that rotates. I think I've seen like a toy of it somewhere, but uh -huh. I have like a, a large version. Yeah. So Star Wars, does that, the, some of those movies inspired you to do robotics? Definitely. Very cool. What about you, what, what about you guys? Any other things that you've seen that have inspired you? Um, I know for me, I'm a, a big sci-fi nerd. Uh, as you see from like my Doctor Who backdrop. Nice. Where, um, where I'm a big Doctor Who fan, and that, that got me into technology. And so did Back to the Future. <laughs> oh, really? This is kind of old school stuff. And so, and so I just have random like uh, computer parts laying back. That's where like I got, in, got into the technology thing. Okay, yeah. This is crazy. I don't, I don't know if I was allowed to do this, but this happened. I found... Okay, yeah, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I'm gonna just tell you guys anyways. Maybe I'll have to edit it out. I found a Tesla that crashed in Topanga, um, which is like a very like mountainous kind of cool woodsy area inside of Los Angeles um, in the, within the Santa Monica Mountains. And so there was a really rainy couple weeks. And so somebody was driving a Tesla. I think they drove it right off the right off a cliff. And so I was living in Topanga at the time and so I was driving in with my kids and I saw in this ravine very deep into the mountain, pretty deep into the mountains. Maybe it's like 50 feet, maybe a little bit farther. There's just no way they were going to get this Tesla out of here. A beautiful cream white, gorgeous, like brand. I know it was brand new and somebody just drove off the side of the, the cliff and it crashed into there. And um, I like went, I went hiking in there. At first I saw it with my kids. I was like, oh, I got to come back. So I went back and I saw, I'm like, everything was still good inside this Tesla. So um, I started to take some of the pieces apart. Kind of crazy, right? I don't know if I'm allowed to do this. It seemed abandoned. There was no way they're getting this Tesla out of there. So to me, it seemed like a waste. So I, I figured out, I went back a few times and over the course of a few times, I figured out how to disassemble the console and I got, I think, the two main computer pieces out of this Tesla. But I don't know how to turn it on, what to do with it. I just know it's advanced stuff. I'm afraid that, like, once I figure it out, Tesla is going to get an alert. And then, like, you know, cyborg police are going to come to arrest me. So I don't, I don't know. What do you guys think? Am I allowed to, like, tool around with Was First of all, was I allowed to take this stuff or no? What do you think? Is it fair game or no? Or no opinion? I'm going to go with no opinion. I would just kind of watch over my shoulder for the feds. They're going to bust sure. in through the windows. <laughs> I know, I know. But I don't, do you guys, 
are you guys familiar with that kind of technology, what it's running on and how somebody, you know, hypothetically that found this thing could fire this thing up? I mean, I, I've seen some YouTube videos of like people making um, a Tesla truck, I think with the, like the actual um, alternating, like the AC motors they have. Oh, got but it. I would have no idea on how to do something like that. Yeah. I, I think I, with this group of students and many others, they're pretty resilient and they know where to go to look for that information. So that's a big part of it is the researching. Go to the forums and they could find out uh, how to get this thing going for sure. So what would be the big forums? They're big, obvious ones. Like, would you go to Reddit or are there other more specialized forums for this kind of stuff? Reddit would be a start, I would think. I, I would I would have to agree with Reddit. That's how I, that's how some of the research I do, because there's other teams who publish their own questions and responses, and that's where you learn a lot from Reddit. Really? Okay. So maybe I can rebuild the Tesla now. We'll see, <laughs> see what's going on there. Well, that's really cool. All right. Awesome. So if somebody wants to get started in building some little robotic thing, how, you know, who wasn't exposed, we were talking about this before we start, you know, started recording, but I didn't, I feel like right when college started for me in LA, all the technical schools and programs got defunded. So I was really looking for, especially in LA, it's like car culture. So in 2000, okay, I graduated high school in 2000. So in 2001, I'm like, okay, I'm going to learn how to build a car and, you know, do this other cool stuff. Cause in high school I learned some programming and there was some design programs. Um, so like a lot of uh, like, I learned Dreamweaver and like flash. This is kind of like flat. This is kind of archaic stuff at this point, but it was super advanced at the time. Um, so I just like assumed that these, these technical programs would last forever. And then the first year where I was looking forward to taking apart, maybe rebuilding a classic car, they all started to disappear in LA. Do you guys still have those programs? in addition to the robotics, you guys have people working on cars there and that kind of stuff out there or no? In high school or college? I, I have some friends who do stuff like that on their own time, but I've never really seen like an actual technical college. Mm -hmm. Got it. So if um, somebody wants- Yeah, sorry. I was just going to say, I, I know on the software side, there's like a small, like uprising on like uh, different softwares coming. There's a company here uh, who I know the, the owner of, whose name is Ivan Huerta and he, his company of Parabeek, where they do some some software where they, they take like uh, uh, drawn design in Adobe or something and convert it into computer code. Oh. And so there's other small companies that are trying to do something with a software. Got it. All right, cool. Hey David, I'm going to have to uh, take off. Uh, okay. If you're welcome, or, you know, want to keep going. Yeah, maybe a few more minutes. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for um, helping coordinate everything. And thanks for putting this program together. It's so amazing. I wish more and more of these programs start popping up. That's actually one of our goals. We want to help other schools build up. Yeah, I would love to, like, you know, offline, you and I stay connected and you can help me because, you know, I have well, I have three kids now. I have a seven-year-old, a four-year-old, and a one-month-old. And I really, I just, you know, I want them to be immersed in this stuff. To me, it's so obviously important. And, um, you know, there's all this, like, humanity stuff, and that's all wonderful, you know, and even, like, arts and everything. But, I, like, the technical side seems to be missing around us. So I kind of feel like I need to supplement that, whether have the schools do it or I just need to do it on our own time, you know, because mm -hmm. I feel like I didn't get exposed to it properly. Yeah. Well, cool. Thank you again. We'll stay thanks connected. And uh, thanks for having us. I'm going to, you all can stay. Yeah. Finish. Cool. Thank you. Bye guys. I guess what I would ask you guys just kind of wrap up a couple things is <clears throat> it, you guys mentioned that part of the program is community outreach. So yes. when you say community outreach, are you going like door to door to neighbors or what does community outreach look like? Um, well, I think Valentina should probably take this question. Her team usually does stronger in this aspect. Uh, yeah, community outreach is basically your team's way of spreading the values, the core values of robotics and like in STEM because 
um, it's it was really hard for them to start putting all the teams together. So now it's up to the teams to spread it within their communities. And like my team, for example, last year, a big reason why we won is because we got in contact with all the little Girl Scouts teams and all the Girl Scouts troops. And we would set up little based STEM activities with them. We had little robots that we would let them play with and we teach them about our robot. We would do science experiments. And it's just that like starting that spark of interest in little kids so they can then go and ask their parents like, hey, I wanna be in robotics. And that's like one of the big core values in the competition. That is so cute. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my. So what are some of the, the youngest kids that you were doing? Um, with, how old are they? Well, recently, well, this year we haven't been able to get a lot of events because obviously the Girl Scouts aren't meeting that much. But like last week we had two events and I think the youngest girls, I think four or five years old, oh six. God, that's like, so cool. That's amazing. I, yeah so interesting to see like how interested they are in that because like I was exposed to middle school and they're like elementary school so it's so yeah and it makes us all feel better (laughs) it helps us grow as people too yeah that's very cool do you I just have to ask you because I now I'm curious I have my oldest kid is a seven-year-old girl are there a lot of girls in these programs or you know um well, like team dynamics, why my team is um my team is half and half. It's half female and half male. But everything like programming wise, it's all female. Building wise, it's female dominated. It's all female dominated. I don't know about the other team, but I that's my team. <laughs> and I, yeah, and like just because of gender, like girls have always been in robotics. Like the first person you meet is a girl in robotics, and I love that as a girl in robotics. Yeah. I feel so accepted like even yeah. Saeed has been a teacher and like it doesn't matter that I'm a girl he's helped me and they've all helped me and I love how accepting the robotics community is that's cool how, so what would be a good way to have my daughter get excited and start this spark of wanting to be like a robotics engineer mm, honestly I would make her watch robotics competition videos <laughs> that's, so- that's what worked on you yes even with the little girl scouts like they were really interested as far as making science experiments with little packages that we made and delivered to them but as soon as we pulled out the camera and the robot like all the girls were like oh my god my brain just exploded (laughs) okay because you guys you're bringing the actual robot to them so they're seeing this thing in action yeah last year we did but this year since it was a virtual meeting we just had to turn the camera and I was like hey here's the robot and then all of a sudden they were all going crazy over it really okay I'm gonna do this for sure this is a smart little (laughs) trick all right that's amazing okay cool all right well yeah I guess um that pretty much covers it I know I have so many more questions but I just I know you guys have other things going on so I want to be respectful of your time I hope that we can all stay connected I would love to see hopefully you guys get into the schools you want. I'm always in the Bay Area, so it'd be kind of fun if we could stay connected after this. And then, um, yeah, I'll watch and see how you guys do in the competition. And uh, hopefully, you know, you do well. Are there are there parents or other people in the community that are like sending you guys money or support or anything like that that can help you guys or no? I don't know how it works. Reyes is laughing. Because yeah, actually- You guys take donations? I don't know. We have this like, I guess it would be like a fundraiser campaign thing where it's called snap raise and people can send us money through, um, through emails, or I think they can just look us up. Can they, they, they might need our email, but we've actually been doing really well in that. I think we're up to 12,000 or 13. No, sorry, sorry. Um, 1,200, 1,300 right now, which is. Okay. Than- <laughs> we're at right oh, now. Sorry. I'm, I'm way off. <laughs> Yeah, we're right now we're at 13,000 and our fundraiser has like five days or six days left. So we've really? been doing really that's a, That's kind of a lot of dough. How much does it cost <laughs> to build one of these robots? <laughs> um, it really depends. It's not only just building the robot, but it's yeah. also registration fees and getting like the team shirts and stuff like that. Right, getting those, yeah, pop collars. But I would say like the robot behind me. Yeah, how much is that thing? How, what would you estimate that cost you guys? Jeez, I would say maybe like 900 to 1,200, somewhere in that range. So it's not too bad. 
No, there's um so first, like I was telling you, it's like a it's a big organization and they have different competitions. The one we do is FTC, but there's also one called FLL, which would probably be perfect for your daughter to get into. FLL? Yeah, it's just like putting Legos together and the Legos have motors and it does a little competition. That's the one where I know I started off with, I know Valentina started off with, I'm pretty sure Said also started off with them. Okay. Perfect introduction. And then there's one called FRC where their robots cost like about, about what a small car would cost. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. All right. So the FLL I'll check out. Yeah. I got the little set of those mechanical Legos, but then um, as I was putting it together, I realized I was missing some parts and that got super aggravating. So you guys must, you must experience that too. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait, I would like put it all together. I'm like, I, there's definitely tons of parts I don't have to make this work. So then it's like, kind of like, Oh, you got to go and find them. Yeah. Interesting. But you guys are also making some of your parts. Yes. Yeah, that's cool. That's a pretty big like issue, I suppose. When we started off, we didn't have a lot of money. So a lot of other teams had these parts and we're like, oh, that'd be so perfect and easy to have. So we yeah. kind of had to accommodate just by designing different things. Yeah, very cool. All right. Well, the only last question I have, which I ask everybody, and you already raised, you, met, you talked about it, which is funny, but I always ask, uh, which do you prefer? star wars or star trek so i don't know and usually i kind of feel like it's an age thing but and you already mentioned star wars but you guys have a you have a preference on those two you guys <laughs> star- watch star trek or is that like too old school i i've watched star trek no valentina you've never watched that okay do you know what it is or no okay. <laughs> yeah have you watched Star Wars or no? Some of them, but not all of them. Oh, okay. Maybe there's a different reference. Is there a different uh, movie that's comparable to those or no? Not really. Oh, okay. <laughs> a big sci-fi nerd. I don't know how I ended up in robotics. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> Syed, what were you going to say? That uh, I, I've watched Star Trek, but I think I'm going to go with Star Wars because I'm more familiar with it. Right, yeah. I know they're but, completely but- different. But Doctor Who is my my sci-fi thing. So why do you like Doctor Who so much? I'm not sure wh- exactly why. I think it was like the first sci-fi thing I watched and it just intrigued me so much, that concept of of being able to time travel and uh-huh. visit different eras. Yeah, that's cool. Do you have one episode in particular that you would recommend people check out? In specific, I think the most popular for the like the newer seasons is called, um, I can't remember the exact name, but it, it introduces the, the, the famous enemy of the Weeping Angels, those stone statues that if you blink, they, they move. Oh, stone statues. I've never heard of this. Okay, I'll check that out. Yeah, I like, sometimes I get these recommendations and then I definitely will watch it. So I'll check out, the, I'll try to find that episode and watch it for sure. All right, cool guys. Well, thank you so much. This is really exciting. I'm rooting for you. I hope you, you know, you just, Go to Worlds and dominate. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye, guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.